Well, let me tell you, I did get a double whammy being black and female, and it was very late in my career, much later than I'm proud of, that um, I forgave myself for being black, female, and smart at the same time. Hey there, high performers. Welcome to this episode with Janice Bryant Howroyd. She is the first black female to found a billion dollar company. She's the founder of the Act One Group, and she's quite an inspiration to get on the mic here. What she addresses in this episode is really overcoming racism and sexism in a high performing business world. I think this is a hot topic for a lot of people in the business world these days, people that are into high performance. And if you have your own business as well, there's a certain level of sexism and racism that is going on, both conscious and unconscious, that really holds people back. And I love Janice's thought on this and response to this. She talks about two different types of discrimination that's happening, but also she's incredibly intelligent what she did as a businesswoman is she created products and services that were so vital that it caused people to look past race and gender. And it was so necessary for these companies to go to her for business that they no, no longer looked at her race and gender when doing business with her, which is sad, but also on her part, it's incredibly intelligent, smart and wise, and really a powerful move. I noticed this when I first started getting into business that successful collaborations had the ability and the power to wipe out differences in mentality, to break down barriers between cultures and thoughts and belief systems, to even help dogmas and religions that typically would never get along collaborate together and come together to create successful business projects. And that's one of the reasons as a high performer, I love entrepreneurship because it has the power to break down many barriers and many walls for people to work together and to become friends. She's incredibly positive all the time about her predictions of the world, where things are going, and another really great episode packed with some high-performance tips here. Let's hop into it with Janice Bryant-Halroyd. Janice, how do you think the—I'd love to ask you, how do you think the the working world, the, the professional world— is going in terms of creating equal opportunities for people. It seems like like we get some movement and then there's a pushback and then we get some movement and another pushback. And it seems like, you know, we'll do one step forward and three steps back. And so you have an interesting perspective because you grew up in the South. Um, you're a su very successful entrepreneur, African-American, but also know the Hollywood scene. I'm curious kind of uh, how you feel about the situation. Well, let me tell you, I did get a double whammy being black and female, and it was very late in my career, much later than I'm proud of, that um, I forgave myself for being black, female, and smart at the same time. Uh, that's been a long journey for me, and I'm sure it's a long journey for many women in different ways. What I will say is that we're talking about two things here when we talk about discrimination. We're talking about discrimination along uh, legacy gender paths, and then we're also talking about the type of discrimination that occurs uh, to people who are not biologically gender-defining themselves. Their biological birth uh, attributes don't define their gender for them. And so we're in a very exciting world. We're also in a world where people are not as clued in if they're not taking an active 
position in learning how people are feeling and what people are doing. I will tell you that for me, my uh, work was a lot more difficult as a woman and as an African-American business owner uh, before I started to invest in technology and build technological support systems that clients couldn't do without. I defined, uh, I defined in my business outcomes that made me highly competitive in a way that overruled the ability to judge me on my gender and my ethnicity. And so while that shouldn't be the path people have to take, uh, I remember growing up, guys, and uh, mom used to tell us, you're going to look, understand this, there are going to be some places in life where you're going to have to do twice as much to get half as far. And I think there are a lot of people who, whether it is gender ascribed or ethnically ascribed, really, or culturally ascribed, really understand that to the deepest, to the core meaning of it. There are going to be times when you're just going to have to be twice as good to get half as far. And I think the thing that I keep um, repeating thematically, I'm encouraging my executives, make sure we are not the violators of those things that felt so violent to us, you know? Make sure that we change how we work and how we do. Now, people and human beings, as far back as I can read or understand from, uh, you know, from history, have always had areas of discrimination. We run in tribes. We are very tribal as human beings. We enjoy clans. Now, that's a yeah, particularly yeah. sensitive word for me coming from the South, because yeah. if you put two more Ks in front of it, I'm not feeling that great. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but we do, as human beings, often enjoy being parts of tribes and parts of clans. And one of the things that I've noticed is that a lot of my millennial and next-gen friends are ascribing their clan to be those people who have more in common with their set of interests than necessarily their set of sexual attributes or their financial attributes. Right. They find a, a, an area of interest and technology supports them in ways that we didn't have growing up. And whether you like it or not, uh, whether you think it's at a progressive or you think it actually degresses their ability to be, uh, to be social, they, they do define their communities quite differently than we defined communities when I was growing up. So I remain optimistic. I mean, I'm not a Pollyanna, but I'm <laughs> highly uh, hopeful and, uh, and positive about the world. And again, I just say, if you, if, if you look back through as much history as you have documentation to or suggestion from the scientists and the historians, we've always been a clannish uh, 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 animal as humans. And so we have to define within the generations we live how we seek to engage equity in opportunity for those around us. I tend to look at the world as my home. I have a citizenship in the United States, but I tend to look at the world as my home. And when I open up that globe a little bit more about its possibility to me, I find that I am far better rewarded than when I centralize myself back to just being a Southern dweller. 
Okay, guys, I'm going to wrap it up there for this episode. And I want to leave you with this. What is the type of culture that you're creating within? Maybe it's your business. Maybe it's your family. Maybe it's your friends or the type of culture that you're associating with. And are they people that are going to stay victims like many people do? Or are you going to create the type of life and friend groups where people no longer decide to choose victimhood, they decide to choose empowerment. If you like what you're hearing and want to make sure you don't miss any of these tips, please subscribe, leave us a review, and share with your friends. We'll see you on the next episode.